You are listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I am Nick Trellia. I am Philip Andrews. I am Caleb Kalib Al-Ramet. Uh, today we've got a great show lined up. We're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions, sticking to your New Year's resolutions, and a lot more interesting stuff. So let's get this show on the road talking about some resolutions from students here at the college. We did a survey of students at dinner asking them questions about what their resolutions were for the year and if they stuck with them. And here are the results. Uh, going to the gym topped off, getting in shape, eating healthy. Health-related resolutions were very high on the list. Uh, intermittent fasting was a very specific one that we got. Uh, improving your sleep schedule was the one that some people said. Somebody said they failed on day two and they got back. <laughs> It's not, not that great. Uh, reading 20 books. Someone said they were 5% through. Yeah, reading reading's good. There were 16 people who, out of the pool that we interviewed, who did not have any New Year's resolutions. Uh, and Phil Andrews went around asking people what they wanted to see changed about Hillsdale College in the year. That's right. And in this survey, our top three results were, number one, people wanted to see better uh, recycling implementation at the college. And number two, we had improved food in the dining hall, especially coming off of break. I'm sure that was in people's minds having to go away from their mother's cooking. And at three, uh, physical wellness class should be removed from the core curriculum. And then some honorable mentions that uh, I found especially entertaining were expanding the dining hall to seat more people, which I think we can all relate to for sure. Some other things tossed out were fewer homeschoolers at this college. <laughs> The last one I wrote down was the weather. Someone wanted to change that. Yeah, oh, I, I agree entirely with <laughs> that, that one. That's doable, I think. Yeah. Coming back from a month of shorts and t-shirt weather to this, the, the change is just too much. Yep. Well, in continuing our conversation about New Year's resolutions, we're bringing in friend of the show, Avery Bott, to discuss some statistics and interesting facts behind everyone's favorite yearly tradition. Yeah, Nick, thanks for having me. Um, just for perspective, I want to start out with a stat that I found on nursetheplanet.com. Um, it says every year, 45% of Americans make a New Year's resolution and only 8% are able to successfully achieve them. I think a lot of people joke about the phrase new year, new me and use it ironically, but I think there's quite a bit of relatability in the attitude too. I've heard it so often, but it's kind of exciting too. The whole concept of New Year's resolutions is regeneration and recreating and reinventing your current self. During most of the year, it's hard to find the willpower to make personal rules that we can adhere to. Um, but during the Christmas season especially, the idea of resolutions may be appealing to us because we indulge in kind of laziness and uh, may become a little bit lax on some of our usual habits. We eat incessantly, we lose all sense of routine, we sit for days on end, creating bad habits, sugar addictions, social media addictions. Um, when this laziness becomes our lifestyle, it can be easy to realize that we need to, or what we need to fix in our lives, areas or attitudes that need to be corrected. Um, but as that stat suggested, it can be less than effective. We try to turn our ideals into personally inflicted, rather unwavering laws, which most people don't allow themselves much wiggle room if you do this, you're probably going to fail. Uh, the uh, iron-fisted approach might be effective for a couple of weeks, but not for an entire year. What this does then is make the relapse even more exaggerated. We deny ourselves until we can't handle it anymore. And then when the rule breaks, you end up eating an entire bag of chips and everything spirals completely out of control. 
I read this article actually over the break. I saw it pop up in my, my newsfeed, and it was saying that diets that have built-in cheat days actually are more successful than those where you just go completely cold turkey and don't touch sugar or whatever it is that you're cutting out. Yeah, I think in my own life that's definitely true. If I allow myself some of that wiggle room, you're probably going to adhere to it for a longer period of time because it's just more doable. It's more achievable. All right. Thanks for that, Avery. Always yeah. a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. You're listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And uh, now we're going to take a look at some of the best and worst of the past decade in entertainment, tech, and sports. So, Phil, why don't you take it away? All right. So in the technology category, I'm going to start out with the things that I found to be the best from 2010 to 2020. Number one, we have the Apple iPad. No one can question the impact that the introduction of this tablet had when it came out in 2010. When the iPad launched, it became clear that laptops with 7-inch displays weren't going anywhere and tablets were going to be the future. Uh, Next would be the Tesla Model S. And it's pretty hard to believe that Tesla released their first car in 2012. But Tesla has revolutionized the auto industry and is recognized globally now. Not only that, but they're set to usher in a new era of autonomous vehicles shortly. Um, Next up is the DJI Phantom Drone. For most of you, it's probably the most recognizable and popular drone um, used all across different social media platforms for filming, etc. The signature all-white design, it's hard to miss, and the company is very dedicated to the quality of this drone. It's very easy also for beginning pilots, so that makes it a great starting tool for photography. The next is the Amazon Echo device, uh, kind of in partner with Amazon Prime. As all of you are aware, Amazon has leaped into a new position of dominance in this decade with its Echo AI system, and even more so with its two-day shipping and video streaming access that it offers through Prime. And I think in the decade to come, too, drone deliveries should take this company to the next level of influence as well. So where do you sit on the... There's a spectrum of people who are like, Amazon Echo's listening to everything I say, and it creeps me out. What, what do you think about that? Um, probably is, but at the same time, everyone's buying the Echo, so... <laughs> What can we do? Next up for my my worst pieces of technology from the decade. First off, we've got the Galaxy Note 7 and the Galaxy Fold. Now, the Note 7, I'm sure a lot of you remember when airlines used to post signs at their check-in warning travelers that they uh, were not allowed to take the Galaxy Note 7 on the phone, uh, on the plane, because they were exploding. (laughs) The Fold came out a little while later, and uh, that had issues with reliability. Most of the phones broke within the first week, and ultimately only 50% of them ended up not busted by the end of the release. Another great uh, failure in technology is the Boeing 737 MAX, and it's about the only thing scarier than flying with a Galaxy Note 7 because... Well, the 737's been around since the 60s. The uh, the 737 MAX variant didn't start flying until 2017, and when it did, it started crashing soon afterwards. So two MAX jets fell out of the sky in a five-month span after its release, killing 346 people. So that definitely goes on the list of worst pieces of technology. Uh, Google Plus, I don't know if you all remember that, but... Uh, I had a Google Plus. <laughs> yep. Yes, yes. Back when I thought it was cool. Yep. Facebook competitor or not competitor came out in 2011 and Google has finally announced that they're closing it down after many years of just complete irrelevance. Now, wasn't there some kind of a, um, a scandal sort of where Google was requiring all their employees to exclusively use Google Plus? Platform? Yes, I did hear about that. Yes, <laughs> didn't end well, I suppose. Um, and then last up, I've got uh, Flappy Bird. That was in 2014. Um, 
And the game's creator, as some of you might remember, eventually was overwhelmed by the guilt of this highly addictive game and pulled it from all app stores. And the game flopped out of existence. <laughs> Who writes these jokes? That's so sad. <laughs> I remember you used to be able to find on eBay like phones it's like this phone has flappy bird and it would be like ten thousand. oh yeah those yep. sold for big money yeah, people would pay ridiculous amounts of money just to have flappy bird all right so i'm going to take a look at some of the best and worst sports moments from the past decade the last decade we had a lot of really really great sports stuff going on first off the floyd mayweather versus Conor McGregor fight on August 26, 2017. Love that. So Mayweather going 50-0. and 0. I don't think a lot of people really thought that McGregor was going to take Mayweather 10 and a half rounds. Like that was, that was an incredible fight. That was very impressive. And Especially that, since his specialty isn't in boxing, it's in just yeah. mixed martial arts. Right, and he's also, uh, McGregor's also a southpaw, which put him at a disadvantage as well. So fighting in a, in a sport, in a style that you don't normally do and you're at a disadvantage anyway against one of the greatest of all time going ten and a half rounds. That was that was really good. Next, now I am an Auburn fan, so this one is near and dear to my heart. Uh this play is known as the Kick Six. It happened on uh, November thirtieth, two thousand thirteen at the seventy eighth Iron Bowl at Jordan Hare Stadium in Auburn, Alabama. So number one Alabama was playing number four Auburn. Uh, there's one second left on the clock, and both teams are tied at 28. But Alabama is lined up for a 57-yard field goal that could potentially win the game for them. Uh, the kick goes up. It is actually short and fielded in the back of the end zone. And then uh, this happens. Into the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There it goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. I still get chills. Like, like I remember where I was when I saw that play. You might be surprised, but I actually was watching this game live, too. And I think it's the greatest sports moment that I've witnessed live in my life. And last, but certainly not least, among the greatest sports moments of the past decade, we have the Cubs actually winning the World Series. Uh, November 2nd, 2016, at Progressive Field in Cleveland, Ohio. The Cubs won the 2016 series 8-7 in the 10th inning. They ended the longest professional sports championship drought in American history. 108 years without a championship. Wow. Didn't they call that the, the goat curse? Uh, yes. And uh, here is the only call I believe in my entire life where I've heard Joe Buck get excited about something. <laughs> here it is. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs win the World Series! Bryant makes the play! It's over, and the Cubs have finally won it all. So those are some of the best, and of course, unfortunately, you can't have the best without the worst. Uh, of course, we have to talk about the 0-16 Cleveland Browns. The 27 Cleveland Browns did not win one single game throughout the course of their season, joining the 2008 Lions as the only two NFL teams to ever do so. Fans in Cleveland actually held a perfect season parade outside of Brown Stadium protesting the ownership. And things really haven't gotten much better for them. Uh, next, we have to talk about a really big doping scandal with Lance Armstrong. Though the investigation happened before the 2010s, the actual decision handed down by uh, the cycling authority didn't come out 
Until later. News now on Lance Armstrong, the global governing body of cycling has just announced moments ago it will ban Armstrong for life and strip him of his seven tour titles. Right. Um, I'm a cyclist, so this story is kind of important to me. And if I recall, I think he was he was done racing. He'd probably been done racing for five or six years at this point. But yeah, this is, this is when they actually revoked all of his past seven titles. So uh, lastly, and this one's definitely least of all. Uh, The infamous butt fumble. Uh, Thanksgiving Day 2012, the New York Jets are at home against the New England Patriots. In front of 79,000 fans in attendance and over 20 million watching on primetime TV, Jets quarterback Mark Sanchez turns the wrong way to deliver a handoff to his running back and in an attempt to save the play, he takes the ball himself only to run straight into the backside of one of his offensive linemen. The collision causes a fumble, which was returned by the Patriots for a touchdown. That's got to hurt. Watch this. Vince Wilfork is going to throw Brandon Moore back into his quarterback. He's going to fumble the football. Mark Sanchez not expecting it. And it was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out. I was going to say Mark Sanchez is still the greatest backup quarterback of all time. <laughs> not No love for Nick Foles? No, no, no. Mark Sanchez all the way <laughs> Just because he shares your name doesn't mean he's great. All right. I believe in Nick Foles. Anyway, so Caleb is going to tell us about some of the best and worst entertainment moments of the past decade. That's right. We had a lot going on in the last 10 years. My goodness. Some of the best things, memes happened, also known as <laughs> memes by some of the older members of our society. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting things happening with the development of all of our different memes from everything like the disappointed baby all the way to the most recent things like the Cybertruck. The social medias also became a big thing with, as Phil kind of said, Google Plus just really didn't go anywhere. Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat really took off and became big influencers in our society. Different TV shows and movies came out, um, one of which, one of my favorites is Stranger Things, one of the greatest TV shows of the last decade, in my opinion. I agree. Yep, it just had a lot going for it. Even though it borrowed a lot from uh, pop culture, it definitely had a lot of originality in it as well. Some of the worst things that happened, a couple specific things, the meat dress that Lady Gaga wore. My goodness. <laughs> what a fashion choice. Not about that. <laughs> so was that, that was actual meat, wasn't it? Or was that just a pattern? It was actual meat, actual chunks of beef. Yikes. <laughs> forming a dress and not only the dress, but also the shoes. <laughs> also, Miley Cyrus happened. She kind of went crazy and shaved her head and did a lot of <laughs> interesting things like wrecking ball. I thought you were going to stop right after Miley Cyrus happened. I was like, that's the understatement <laughs> of the decade. Yes, she did. All right. Also, Gangnam Style came out. That was iconic. That was like the song from every school dance in middle school that I remember. Like junior high school, it was all Gangnam Style. It's so true. Yeah, and the music video really caught on too. with The, the guy with the glasses on doing the little dance. Everyone knew that. Psy, how do you say his name? Psy? I don't know. It's in a different language, I'm pretty sure. We lost a lot of people in the 2010s. There were a lot of deaths. Prince and David Bowie, the singers. Leonard Nimoy, who played Spock in the original Star Trek series. Carrie Fisher, who played Princess Leia in the original Star Wars movies. Stan Lee, the Marvel Comics genius who was the main driver behind that company. Neil Armstrong, first man to walk on the moon. Steve Jobs, the man who started and grew Apple. Stephen Hawking, the famous scientist and theoretical physicist. Muhammad Ali, the great boxer. Arnold Palmer, the golfer and uh, beverage namesake. 
and George Bush Sr., our former president. You're listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. As we start off in the new decade with new possibilities, uh, we are going to make some predictions that are probably going to turn out to be completely false, but we will try to justify them anyway. So, Phil, why don't you start us off? All right. So my prediction is that by the end of the decade, over 50% of all vehicles on the road will have fourth level autonomy. And what that means is they'll still have steering wheels, etc. So that human override is an option. But under most circumstances, it's not going to be required. Um, right now, it's not even close to a percent of uh, cars on the road that have this, uh, if any. But I looked at the statistics a little bit, and I'll try to justify this. Um, using the fact that from 2018 to 2019, Waymo cars, which is Google's project, doubled the rate of uh, capability of their autonomous systems. And now they only have to disengage, which is requiring human override, at a rate of 0.9 disengagements per 10,000 miles, which is uh, pretty rare, but still needs improving. Um, But of course, this should continue to exponentially improve and people will become more comfortable accepting the technology because I'm thinking a lot of money is going to be put into advertising uh, and just generally making this acceptable in society and people comfortable with the idea. Um, So bold, but I think it might happen. Actually, I kind of like that. Um, My prediction is that the Cleveland Browns, yes, the Cleveland Browns will be the next uh, great NFL dynasty. Uh, they have a stacked roster right now. <laughs> Why are you laughing? That's a risky claim. <laughs> it, look, I'm going all in, 100%. Um, they have a stacked roster of skill players. I mean, you have Odell Beckham. Uh, you have Jarvis Landry, both at wide receiver. That's going to be a good tandem. Uh, you have Nick Chubb in the backfield, who is quietly becoming one of the better power backs in the league. Uh, they have a, a pretty good offensive line. And a new head coach, uh, Kevin Stefanski, coming over from the Vikings. He was their offensive coordinator might be a good pairing and if they can get the defense uh squared away i think they might be a really good team in the afc north it's an interesting prediction because i think they, they took a little step backwards this year from two seasons ago right i think they're six and ten this year or something like that but right. i definitely can see this possibly happening so so my my prediction for the next 10 years i think life extension will become a thing i think people's lives will be artificially extended using anti-aging measures and medications i don't think it'll be super common by the end of the 2020s, but I think that clinical trials will be well underway and programs will be available on the market, but just not used wisely, widely because of a lot of social stigma against it. So how many years would you just say off the top of your head do you think we could extend the life by? I think we could easily extend our lives by somewhere between 30 and 50 years without too much of a problem. Whoa. I know there's all been a lot of research done on this, especially by some guys over at MIT, of course, taking a few different medications that are already widely available on the market, and they've already seen their biological clock reversed by about somewhere between 10 and 20 years. Do you know what like the, the driving force behind it is? Like, What are they targeting specifically? Um, usually it's methylation on DNA. So basically DNA, your DNA decomposes over time as it is reproduced, right? In your cells, as cells are constantly dying and new cells are being made. A lot of the new DNA doesn't have some of the protectors on it that the old DNA did. And so uh, methyl groups, which is just a chemical group, are added to the DNA backbone and um, the reproduction is made uh, less efficient. So that's how they measure their biological aid? by. That's correct. It's the amount of methylation on the DNA. Interesting if you can just measure that directly. You're listening to The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And now it's time for our game show. Today we have the initials quiz. The rules of this will be, 
All of the contestants are given a set of initials. Our producer, Rachel Kukaji, will then proceed to read a series of clues which should help us to identify the name behind those initials. Each of the clues will be given out slowly, and the first person who thinks they know the answer will buzz in, and if they are correct, will win that round. If they are incorrect, they will be out for the rest of the round, and play will continue. So with that, Rachel, take us away. All right, we have three categories, politics, sports, and entertainment. Do you want to have the category that'd be kind of an additional clue? Mm. Yeah, I think you should give us the category. All right, yeah, let's get so category. for politics, the initial is JT. Clue number one, as far as anyone knows, this person could be the first of their position with a tattoo. Any guesses? This is, this is politics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're getting really obscure with these JT. <laughs> JT. I got nothing for old JT over here. Was the first offspring of a former prime minister to be elected prime minister? Is it Justin Trudeau? Correct. Oh, man, I didn't even get to the blackface part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sports MP. This athlete had ADHD as a child, so their parents got I- them into their sport as a way for them to burn off some energy. Do you want question two? This person eats about 12,000 calories of food. Yep, I oh, think Michael Phelps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. You didn't, okay, come on. That Did was, you just say it? No, you have to buzz. What? There's no buzzer. Yeah, you can keep buzzing. You just raise your hand. Okay, I knew this one was going to be the easiest. Moving on to entertainment. SJ. This person has the rare distinction of having played characters that have been eaten by both a shark and a dinosaur. You ready for number two? Yep. This person is bald but enjoys wearing wigs in their films. Number three. This person was briefly suspended in 19... 69 from Morehouse College after taking hostage several members of the Board of Trustees, including the father of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Oh my goodness. This person has made four films with Natalie Portman. This person has appeared in several big film series, including Star Wars and Marvel. Wait. Is it Samuel L. Jackson? Correct. He took his board of trustees hostage. (laughs) (laughs) That man is just acting himself on screen. Like in like Pulp Fiction where it's like swinging the gun. Yeah. That's that's just him in real life. That's him. With that, thanks for listening. This is The Loft on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.